This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Welcome to the Acting Up with Allie Goodman podcast a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. Well, this was a week, huh? So there's a lot that went on this week. A couple of really cool things. Jordan had turned one, and we celebrated his birthday uh, in our house and then also at my mom's, which was really fun on Saturday. And then it was Mother's Day. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I'm also, this is a, I guess trigger warning a warning warning I don't know I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the heartbeat bill in Georgia because it's (laughs) a problem and I also want to touch on a little bit of some acting stuff that went on this week so it's kind of a full plate let's let's dive in and see where we land right So let me jump in with Jordan's birthday. So one of the things that we do every year, and I may have mentioned this last week, is we do that for Jackson every year. We've, since he had his first birthday, we woke him up with the Beatles, You Say It's Your Birthday. And so we would play the music and we'd go in there and dance with him. And it's really fun and cute. And we would post it on Facebook and it was adorable. And so we did that every year with him. We still do it every year. We continue that tradition. So then we thought about it and we're like, well, that's Jackson's song. Like, we don't want to steal that from Jackson. So we had to come up with another option for Jordan because we wanted to continue the tradition, but we wanted Jordan to have his own song and Jackson to keep his song. And what do we do? So John suggested we do the Altered Images song, Happy Birthday, (laughs) aptly named, right? If you are a fan of 16 Candles, the movie, it's actually a song that's in that movie. I think in the background, I don't think it's like a prominent song in the in there but that's the song we chose and it's perfect and it worked great and it was really fun and if you're at all curious you can go check out my Facebook at Allie Real to Real and uh, see what we posted because it was it was adorable and fun and Jordan was delighted by it so that was great and then most of his birthday was actually kind of we didn't do very much because you know, Jackson was in school and then we had to go do speech and PT and there was just a lot going on that day. So we knew we were going to actually spend Jordan's birthday with my parents on the weekend. And John's brother, whom we haven't seen since Jackson, John saw him last year when, when he got married, but I haven't seen him in a number of years. I don't think I've seen him since Jackson was a baby. Uh, he came up for, or no, that's not true. No, that is true because Uncle Bill passed away when I was pregnant with Jackson and then he came up with his girlfriend at the time when Jackson was a baby and I think that's the last time I saw him. That's been years. That's too many years. That's terrible. But he and his wife came up. I hadn't met her yet. She was a delight. Danielle, you're a rock star. We love you. Welcome to the family because you're awesome. And they came over for Jordan's birthday at my parents and it was just cute and fun and we did a cake and we, you know, it was just, it was just really cute. And it was a very small little gathering, but we 
you know, celebrated and it was fun. And he had a little cupcake for his smash cake, which was perfect from Sprinkles, which was amazing. And that's, yeah, it was just, it was just perfect. It was all perfect all around. So I really enjoyed that. And earlier that day, we had all gone to the Botanic Gardens and it showed uh, John's brother and, and, and his wife, Danielle, that. And it was just, it was a nice afternoon. It really was a great Saturday. Mother's Day. So Mother's Day is always a complicated holiday, I would say, for me and for John in general. So let's talk about John. John, It's complicated for John because he does not speak to his mother. His mother's got lots of issues, had lots of issues when he was younger. She was abusive. She did not great things to him. And he has not spoken to her in many, many years. So their relationship is its not even strained. It's just zero. I've never met her. And John and I have been married for eight years and have known each other for many more after that. So just goes to show you how long it's been. So I've never met her. I don't know her. Um, and she doesn't know her grandkids at all. So however, John has a stepmother who married his father. I think John was 18 when that happened. And she's wonderful and has basically – been like a mother to Jonathan to, for years so we love Miss Belva she's amazing and we she's incredible and a wonderful person and a wonderful mom-like figure but again not his actual mother so I think that this is often a complicated holiday for him and sometimes I forget sometimes I remember and sometimes it, I'm so overwhelmed and stressed that I'm like okay you're the husband here like take care of the situation but again, he has his own relationship with his mom. He is he was a kid and had his own situation and it's there's complications. Well, this was my first year being a mom of two, but that doesn't mean that I was a mom of only two pregnancies or babies that I thought were going to be. So that is where a lot of the complication comes in. So I I talk about this because there's so much going on politically in the world right now and the fact that we have a number of states, specifically we can talk about Georgia, has this heartbeat bill basically saying that we get to decide what happens to your body. We know best and you have to kind of shut up and deal. And that's ridiculous because people are going to continue to get abortions. That, that's not going to end abortions. It's just going to end safe abortions. And abortion is health care because if you don't allow people to get them, there will be People will find a way and rich people will always find a way safely and poor people and black women and, uh, and, and women of color are the ones that and, – and anybody who doesn't have money are the ones that are going to suffer. And that is just hands down. There are statistics. Don't fight me. Don't at me. This is true. So what you're basically doing is saying that women don't matter and – it's there's so much fraught in this and so much frustration for me being somebody who did have an abortion at 30 I chose to not have my child because I was not prepared to be a mother it actually saved my life because I don't think that I would have probably survived in a lot of ways had I been forced to have that baby I just don't think that I, I was I was definitely not emotionally ready I was not ready in my life I wasn't 
prepared. I had so much emotional stress going on. It would have been a terrible situation for everybody involved. It was the the absolutely right decision of my life was to not go through with that pregnancy in any way, shape, or form. And that's hard to say as a mother now, but so necessary. So necessary. It was the right decision. Then after I had Jackson uh, and I got pregnant again, I've talked about this before, I had to have a medical termination. And that, given this, if I lived in Georgia and I, we're back in that time, I would not be allowed to have this termination for the good of this baby, for the good of everybody, for the good of suffering. I just, I don't, I don't understand why we have a, uh, somebody who gets hit by a car is being kept on life support, has a heartbeat because they're being kept on life support. But we are okay if they're brain dead to say it's okay to take them off of life support and then their heart stops and then we're okay with this. But if it's a baby who's suffering, we're not allowed to do the same dignified kindness, if you will. So it just, it breaks my heart and I feel really bad that we're in a situation right now where there are women who are facing this and men who are their partners or, you know, who fight for the rights of women. You know, there are there, there are some good ones out there. But I don't like that we're being, that, I don't like that uteruses and, and ovaries and are, are being legislated. Women are being legislated because a, a bunch of men think that they know better. It's just, it, I don't understand. And I, I'm so frustrated by the whole experience and the whole thing going on. And it just makes me so sad. And even if I wouldn't make the same choice today, I, I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other, but I'm just, I mean, if I wasn't going to make the same choice today, I certainly don't want to take that choice away from anybody. And the fact that we're, we're, we're going backwards is just, it just breaks me in so many pieces. And it, and it makes it very hard to have Mother's Day when I'm grieving the babies that I didn't have. Yes, even the one that I chose to abort, I still grieve that baby. I grieve who I was back then. I grieve my situation. I 100% think it was the right choice. That doesn't mean that I don't grieve it. I grieve the baby that I had to medically terminate. I, I grieve the baby that whose heart stopped, but I, my body never went into actual miscarriage. And I had to I had to have a DNC and have the baby removed. The same thing with the the termination. That you've no idea what that's like unless you've been through it. And it is not pleasant. And it is not something that you opt for out of a willy nilly choice. It's not because oh I just want to go have fun. Like the idea behind this is so gross. The 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 lies that are being told about women and the fact that women bear the burden we don't just bear the physical burden but we bear the emotional burden because it's it's women making the choice so we're criminalized and then told that we're bad or we're whores or we're terrible people I feel like this is very important and it may seem a little odd that I'm talking about this on this podcast but as I've told you this podcast is about a lot of different things it's not just about Jackson or it's not just about acting or it's not just about it's about who I am and about where we where this how I handle the world around me given the circumstances and those of you following I, I assume that that's 
that's interesting enough to you. And if what I'm saying is offensive, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm sorry because it is how I feel. And my goal is to give freedom to women and, and actually to families than it is because here's the problem. Look, you want to make a bill and, and, and make a, a, a political choice like this in the world, then everything has to change. And you are there, you, the government, you, these old white men, you're all there to help take care of these children when they are born. And, they, and we don't have money. And we can't take care of them. And we can't get them through school. And what if, I mean, just to take it a step further, what if one of these children is born and they're medically compromised, medically challenged? have a disability, have autism, have any of these many, many things that could be wrong. And in my case with the medical termination situation, if this baby survived, it would not have been an easy situation and that baby would have needed a lot of help. So uh, are you there? Are you going to come and help me? Or are you just, it is it just important enough to make a legislation about what happens while this baby is growing inside of me? And you're not going to be there for the rest of this baby's life because I can tell you right now, you already know, even with a functional child, and I mean functional and he walks and he can talk somewhat and he eats on his own and he can mostly get dressed and, you know, a mostly functional in this world child. And we still struggle and we for sure struggle financially and we for sure have a lot of extra expenses that don't get backed back to us because of the way that our system is set up and all of our kids with disabilities are second-class citizens. So are you going to come and help now, legislated white men? Are you old white men? Are you going to come help us? Because I doubt it. I doubt you're changing laws that are going to help any of the families, the women, the single women, the families, anybody who is put in a position where they are forced to have these babies. And are you going to be there? Yeah, that's my big question. So if I'm offending you, I'm not sorry clearly we're on different sides of this whether your choice would be to go through something like make the choices that I made whether that would be your choice the fact that you still would stand if you stand up for women and stand up for health care then you would stand up for that somebody else to make that choice even if it's not the choice you would make so mother's mother's day is a complicated day for me because I think about the babies that I don't have. I think about the fact that if I had any of those babies, I wouldn't probably have the kids I have. So if I had been forced to have that first baby, I don't know that I would have had a second baby. I don't know that I'd have Jackson. I don't know that I would. I don't know that John and I would be together. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I For sure, if I, were, if I had had the other two I would not have had or one of the other two I would not have Jordan Jordan would not be here there's no chance because I was for sure not having more than two children I mean when I was younger I used to think it would be so easy if I could just have twins and just have it all, like done I wanted a boy and a girl twins and I would have just one pregnancy one experience and that would be the end of it and I mean clearly that didn't happen I've had five pregnancies that I know of and that's the other thing that I know of who knows if I got pregnant before that and it just it never manifested on a, a pee stick. I don't know. You don't know. Sometimes you're pregnant, you don't even know. And then, ooh, you just have a late period. I mean, I have so many issues with my inner workings. We're, we're getting real deep here, peeps. 
Uh, yeah, I only have one ovary. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. I have, and now I only have, I have one ovary and a uterus. I have, I don't even have tubes anymore because when we were in there uh, with Jordan, I was like, you might as well just take them out. I mean, they, they were, they were, we were talking about doing a, uh, tying the tubes and I'm like, there's no reason to tie them. It's actually safer to pull them out because lots of times, from what I was reading, cancer can start at the very base of the ovary and where the tube is and where it attaches or where it connects or whatever. So I, I think that they said that if you remove the tubes, it actually reduces a lot of possible cancers. And we have cancer, we have breast cancer in my family. Uh, knock wood, at this point, it hasn't manifested into ovarian cancer, but I only have one ovary because I had an enormous cyst attached to my left ovary, which demolished said ovary on top of the fact that I have endometriosis. So at 19, I had a huge surgery that pulled my ovary, bye-bye, see ya, and uh, attached to it was this enormous cyst that had like, sorry to be gross, but it had like teeth and hair because it was essentially would have been my twin when I was in utero with with my mom. When my mom had me, I absorbed this baby that was going to be my twin. That would happen many, many, many cells earlier, like so, so early on. But it lay dormant in my ovary, and then <clears throat> that's how it erupted, if you will. So when I finally had my surgery at 19, it was like this large honeydew melon-sized cyst that they removed and they were like well that that was a lot and then you know my ovary was dead there was no coming back from that so yeah I was I was I had you know good old righty was working overtime if you will ovary overtime see I can make those jokes now uh and you know good old good old righty is still kicking so um yeah I mean but my point is you know, the fact that I was able to get pregnant, let's just talk about the endometriosis in and of itself. That already can reduce fertility. So, all right. And then on top of that, I only have one ovary. So, she, you know, she's got to work extra hard. You know, and the fact that I got pregnant as many times as I have, whether they, I mean, clearly they were, were not all going to be viable pregnancies all the way through. And as a matter of fact, the one that I medically terminated, they said there's a very big chance that this won't go all the way to, to a full you know, so imagine, imagine being, I don't know, 30 weeks pregnant and finding out that your baby has died. And you're, I mean, why, why are we putting people through this? It's so awful. I just, I don't understand why. I, I think because I'm all about reducing suffering of people. You know, if I'm going to suffer, it better be with a great script and somebody has written an amazing part. And that's the kind of suffering I want to do on stage, fake. Like that's the, I want, or, you know, on camera, I want to do fake, fake suffering. That's what I want. I don't know why we are forcing more suffering into the world when it, when we can clearly reduce it. We're going to suffer. We're humans. This is what happens. But why would we increase the possibility of suffering? I just, I, it just, it boggles my mind and I don't understand. So Mother's Day is often complicated because I think about these babies that I don't have. I think about the fact that if I had those babies, I wouldn't have the ones I have. I think about all of that and as much as I work very hard to reduce shame and guilt that still plays in it still comes in on top of the fact that there's so much pressure on Mother's Day let's be honest I don't have a kid that's going to make me a Mother's Day gift without extensive help from other people 
You know, he's not, you know, your seven-year-old or six-and-a-half-year-old is able to do that. He can draw you a picture. Mine can't. Mine won't. Mine doesn't think about it. You know, I don't know that, I don't think that he doesn't care. I just think it doesn't occur to him. And it wouldn't be something that he would have the forethought and planning to do. I think that he loves when I'm happy and he loves when he can be the one to make me happy. I for sure think that. And I I don't think there's anything malicious or bad or any of that. I just think it just isn't in his, it just isn't in his world. And I have to deal with that because that, it's just something I, my expectations are not there for that. Now, if it ever happened, it would be amazing. But again, I'm not... I have to come to terms with those things, which, you know, on top of all of that, just to kind of throw this little piece in there. So it's this is always so hard to explain because it sounds like I'm complaining when I'm really, I'm not complaining. I just, I'm, I'm saddened that this happens. So because Jackson pushes into a, a general education kindergarten and, you know, general education classes as he goes forward, he's considered part of the class of those of the general education classes, which are mainly made up of neurotypical kids. Two things that happen at the school that make me frustrated. One, the self-contained classrooms are, they have the most amazing teachers, and there's three of them. There's a, a kindergarten, first grade class, there's a second, third, and then a fourth, fifth. But those people don't have room mothers. Those people don't have anybody putting a budget together for those teachers and those classes. And probably because they think to themselves, well, they're in the general education class. But then those teachers don't get honored. So we just had like teacher appreciation week and those teachers got nothing. You know, I have to go out and I'm, I'm before the end of the year, I'm going to make sure that I do something really special because Jackson's teacher, Miss Carly, is one of the best teachers he's ever had. And she is so on the ball and so with it and works tirelessly to make sure that he has an incredible experience there and probably you know thinks about oh my god you're gonna make me cry miss carly she probably thinks about him more than anybody thinks about their students and i'm not saying this is nothing to take away from other students but she's always coming up with ideas of like how to make his life better always like he's constantly on her mind and she sends me messages and she's like oh we could do this or we could do that i mean that's above and beyond and she she doesn't have a room mom to like do a teacher appreciation thing and it just irks me to no end uh and i am not organized enough to be that kind of mom i'm too busy and i'm sure the other parents in this class are too and it just it just makes me mad because the burden then comes down on all of us and it just sucks i wish that they would fix that because it just isn't it isn't fair okay in this other class for teacher appreciation week we got this email that wanted us to fill out this totally adorable sheet of paper asking just a couple of questions of the kids like my favorite thing that your my teacher says is or my teacher likes to call me this or I think that and then I think it was like there here's a picture of my teacher and I think we're supposed to like draw a picture or whatever well first of all Jackson doesn't draw pictures I mean he writes his name that's about the extent of it and so that was so there's a J in that spot which he then had a meltdown after, which was great. Those questions, basically I had to answer them and I made up answers. I made up answers because he's not going to be able to tell me. He doesn't, I don't know. And I suppose I could have asked the other teacher, but think about how awkward that is. Hi, the whole class is 
putting together this gift for this other teacher. Can you tell me these things? Like, that just sucks. And it just, the whole thing frustrated me and I was angry and I wanted to be better at responding and I just, I wasn't and I failed miserably and I don't know how to fix the problem and I'm feeling really bad about it. So I'm just, I, I feel like I do a lot of heavy lifting with this emotional stuff and this was just one place I didn't feel like I just could address it in the best way I just wasn't feeling it I just it was like too much emotional baggage and too much heavy lifting on my part right now because I've just got too much going on and um it just made me sad but I did I did I did turn it in albeit super late I'm happy they took it but I just I felt bad but at the same time I just I couldn't figure out how to answer these questions that would make sense sound like my kid and didn't feel totally inauthentic which is exactly what I was concerned about and it still felt that way even though I did ask Jackson the questions I could ask him and hoped that my answers made sense I don't know I I, I'm probably beating myself up about this a lot more but those those types of and this isn't the first time and this this happened at his preschool they send like a like a, a getting to know you packet and then you would fill it out and it was like when I grow up I want to be and I would like look at this thing and cry because you know four-year-olds can tell you oh I want to be I want to be a firefighter I want to you know I want to be a princess I want to whatever the heck it is they want to be they can usually give you some answer I want to train dogs my kid looked at me like I had seven heads and did not answer me and basically walked away and started spinning something so you know I I think we ended up we I, I talked about this we ended up just writing when I grow up I want to be happy I mean that's it and so these 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 things they they upset me and I know that someday he will be able to fill that out and it's going to be the biggest happy day and I'm going to come on here and talk about that but right now it actually is just painful every time I wish it wasn't but it is I love my son as he is. I just wish that there wasn't these constant reminders that the world is for neurotypical people always. And nobody even thinks twice about taking that into consideration, that there are maybe some nonverbal communicative kids out there or speech and language disordered children who may not be able to answer this question. And there are so many better ways that you can put this that would make it a little bit easier. And it's funny because one, and I talk about this because I think it's actually really useful. I had gone on Facebook when this came out, when I, when Jackson was at his preschool and apparently somebody saw it and they shared it with the school and I got a call from the principal and I give her so much credit for reaching out to me because she's like, well, how can we make this better? And I honestly didn't have an answer back then. I just remember feeling so sad about it. And she's like, well, I want to make it inclusive. I want to make it better for everybody. And you know, we kind of chatted a little bit about it and I think she fixed it for the following year. But like, honestly, I was not prepared for somebody to actually step up and try to fix it. So shout out to Chelsea for doing that because I really, you don't know how much that phone call meant to me. I wish I had had better answers for you, but uh, uh, I would be much better equipped to hand, handle it now. But I wasn't really prepared to handle that question when you called. So thank you, though, for trying because it meant a lot to me that, that it mattered to you. It was a little weird that somebody shared that with you. I think you and I both agreed on that. But I, I super appreciate that you wanted to do better for Jackson and that that mattered. And and not just Jackson, but all the kids who come into your school that, you know, require a little bit different approach, if you will. 
So thank you for that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about acting because I like haven't even talked at all about this. So I had I had an audition where I got to go in to the casting office and it was so nice to be down there and get to do that and that was really fun and I was so grateful that I got to go down and do it. And honestly, I psyched myself out. Like I had probably one of the worst personal auditions I've had in a really long time. Weirdly enough, I don't think my acting sucked. I think my whole experience sucked personally. This was nothing against the session directors, nothing against them at all. It was me. I was, I wanted, I, I was so excited to be there and I think that it threw me. I think I don't, I feel like I have so much excitement about this business that it, I think it's it's almost desperate and the desperation it's you can you can smell it off of me and it's terrible and I need to hone that crap I know I'm not alone in this I know I know that I know that it's it's weird it's like yes sure I definitely need to book a job monetarily that would be amazing but I it's not even that it's like I'm aching to go work on set again and to go to get to do what makes me feel alive in myself and the problem is when my um, options to get in to these auditions are are few and far between for whatever reason like you know I had to turn one down last week it means that every other one there's so much pressure to do well and so I just don't feel like I did my best I don't I definitely didn't book the room I can tell you that much um luckily there are people that I have worked with before and seen before and they didn't I don't think they hate me I think they just were like yeah she just wasn't having a great day and that's okay but I beat myself up all day about it I just felt terrible I'm like well I know everybody has a bad audition. I was reading on Facebook somebody somebody else had written maybe last week and I clearly needed to see this. Uh, she had written that she had had a terrible audition and she felt really awful about it. And I mean, and this is somebody who's been like SAG nominated, like amazing actress. So I, you know, she's an amazing actor and I just, you know. And then right after she posted that, somebody else who's huge in the city posted that he had a terrible audition so bad one day that he had actually written a note to the casting director apologizing for how terrible it was and then of course he booked the job which I think is hysterical and this is why we're not in casting and we're actors and we need to just let that crap go but my point is my point is that even people who are super duper successful have terrible auditions and I have to remember that over and over and over again. I have to remember it. We have bad auditions. We just do. We just do. We just suck at them sometimes. Sometimes we're just in our brains. We're in our heads. We're screwing it up. We're not going to na- nail it out of the park every time. It just isn't. We're just not. And I need to just stop beating myself up about it and say I had a crappy audition and that is part of the game. And that's just it. That's just it. And that is it. And so I feel... I'm happy that I can say that. I wish I could believe it right now that the next one isn't going to basically, that I'm going to have a next one, first of all, because all actors believe that we, we're never going to work again. It's kind of a joke, but it's true. Uh, we all believe we're never going to work again, and we all believe that like we, the one bad audition that we had means that they're never going to call us in again. And that's so not true. I need to remember that. And so I'm I'm telling myself that, yes. Oy vey. 
last but not least, I'm going to leave you with this. I looked at my schedule this week and I realized that the last couple of weeks I have really had a lot of things on my plate and I have a very, very long to-do list right now, a very long one, one that I really, things that I can't put off and, and, and some of the things that I have been putting off, but I have to stop putting them off. And I, it occurred to me that I continually stop putting myself and things that I have to do first and I keep pushing them to the wayside because other opportunities come up that I feel are more important and I made a deal with myself that even though it looks like I have empty space this week I am not booking myself for anybody I am not meeting anybody I'm not going to coffee with anybody I'm not giving that emotional space to anybody but myself and I'm my goal is to try to work out three times this week one down two to go and if I can even squeeze in about a 10 or 15 minute yoga session on uh, Tuesday and Thursday at home I'm going to try to do that when Jack's sorry, when Jordan naps because I have been neglecting myself and my needs 110 percent and even when I give myself little moments I'm not I'm not 100 percent my with myself and then I'm burned out and then I'm no good for anybody so I thought Let me do that this week. Let me say that I'm going to give myself a good hour. Jordan will be taken care of at the at the kids lounge club thing for an hour. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do that for myself three days this week and then also not feel so guilty about the month membership that I'm paying, right? Because, you know, got to use it. My other goal is to try to drink water and try to drink you know, half my, what is it, half my body weight in ounces every day this week. I will report back if I actually make that happen, mostly because I just need to start focusing a little bit more on myself and a little bit more on my health. And now that I have weaned 100% off of the pump, I can do that a little bit more. I am not beholden or stuck pumping every, you know, couple of hours, which is nice. So there's that. So yay. Wow. My goodness. I really ran, I ran through a lot this week. So uh, I think today, my shout outs today really are going to the educators in Jackson's life that are super helpful. So Chelsea Maxwell, I'm shouting out to you for what you did. Thank you for always having Jackson's back, you know, when he was in preschool. We really appreciate that. And Miss Carly, I just can't, we, we just can't love you enough. You're just amazing. And thank you for everything you do for Jackson. And, uh, and I wish that the school would do more to acknowledge you because you deserve it. Okay, then. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on Acting Up with Allie Goodman. I just want to tell you how important it is that we continue to have these conversations. So please reach out and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. And of course, the best way for people to find this podcast is if you leave a review. So please rate us and review us. I'm so thankful for all of you. This podcast only exists because you listen and continue to bring inclusion and love. So thank you. Okay, friends, just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time. It's 
sometimes one second at a time. And just hang in there. We are all in this together.